All right, welcome in to another episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Joining me today, uh, the guy who really gave me my start in coaching, a guy I'm forever grateful for, for taking a chance on a kid. Uh, excited to go down memory lane here for the next hour with him, Mr. Lee Dallager. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great, Ben. It's good to hear from you. It's good to hear from you. I appreciate the text on game days and um, staying connected and keeping up with me. It, it means a ton and glad we could sit down and, and do this for sure and, and have this forever. So, Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that that's that's one of the things that people don't see about guys that uh, not only are friends, but coach together and form friendships through our coaching. And uh, it, it's it's fun to keep up. I, I still am lucky to keep up with the most of the guys I coached with. Right. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a very unique bond and and and, and brotherhood, I guess you could say. I mean, so many so many hours go into it of you know just just spending time together, racking your head against a wall, right, trying to figure out some problems and. Um, when we started and I guess we'll start there cause you were, you were there from the beginning and I kind of got brought on towards the end of the summer, but really when the Jags were put together is when we started together, you hired me on as your junior high coach. And I did that for a year and then moved up and, uh, eventually took over for you when you retired. And, um, but what was that, that summer getting everything ready forming the co-op like for you because you had already been coaching at grenade obviously for a while and truman was a rival so what were those talks like i guess for you starting to form the co-op there well yeah you know i'd been with grenade 10 years and and truman was you know we had the battle of highway 15 who was the king and yeah uh you know it, it literally started at the conference meeting with uh, Ryan Broodley and myself. And, you know, I think we both knew in order for our two small schools to really thrive and, and be competitive, uh, you know, one of the best things was to try to form a co-op there. We were, we were in a co-op with, at the time, we were with uh, Martin Luther. and. You know, it, it just we didn't get a lot of participation out of them, and and it, and we struggled with that, and and we had to dissolve that to to form the Truman uh, GHCC co-op. But uh, you know, I'm going to give a lot of credit to to Coach Brew. Uh, he was super to work with, as you know, you know, because you came on the staff, and and uh, we just knew. I think that. We, we pretty much just put the rivalry aside and, and the kids, I think for the most part, and I was very impressed with a lot of the families too. We just kind of came together. And I, I think people kind of knew we, we had to do this in order to uh, be competitive and, and give our kids a good, a good opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it, it, there was definitely, I think the first couple of weeks of practice were a little shaky then the first couple games, maybe, you know, because they're playing games together for the first time, right? Like, even though they were juniors or seniors, we we're mixing a group of guys who had never played together. Um, 
And I remember that first night, I think we, we hung close with Westbrook. I think we lost like 21, six. And then the second game we went up to Brewster and lost like, I think six, nothing or six, 12 and double <laughs> overtime yeah. or something terrible. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, was, that was insane. Yeah. So, and then we finally started to get it together and get rolling. Um, yeah. I, what, was there, I mean, going through, was there a lot of community pride on colors or mascots? Was everybody all, you know, one way or the other? Or? Well, I think uh, if I remember right, they, they pretty much put it to the people who mattered, the, the kids. Sure. And, uh, they came up with the colors and, and both schools, I think there was some voting going back and forth and came up with the colors and the mascot. And then we rolled with that. I, I don't recall myself. Uh, and you know me, I don't get involved, never did want to get involved in a lot of that off field drama, but I don't ever recall any issues with that. I think the kids came together and embraced that pretty good and, and uh, did a good job at that. So yeah, that, that was pretty smooth. Yeah. I, you know, and and going back to yeah when that first year, you know it was kind of rough for us and and I I guess I figured it would be I didn't think we were going to put it together and come out of the gate and just start tearing it up because even with uh, you know the kids like you say you know you hit it on the head there that that there's guys that were last year were playing against each other and now we're playing with each other so we got mm-hmm. kind of you still had to get past that hurdle but. Uh, you know, just learning about kids and their, you know, I knew my kids and, and coach Brew knew his kids, but we didn't know each other's kids that well. And and that's, that's probably what took, took time just to learn, you know, how to handle everybody and, and what everybody was about. And they had to learn, you know, new coaches as well. Right. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was interesting to see it all come together for sure. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I know, especially for Bart and I kind of being the outsiders, I think that helped speed up our process of getting to know the kids because then we were kind of like that neutral zone, right, where the Grenada kids could confine in you and the Truman kids could confine in Brew. But if there was ever, you know, they wanted to start crossing over, that's where Bardo and I came in. And I think I think that was just a huge asset for us and Man, that was just, I mean, we'll get into some of the memories, but it was, at that first year was a blast. I remember going to Adrian in the playoffs because we had to bump up a class and go play 11, man. And Bruce said it best when he was on, they were extremely kind to us that night. Oh, they, you, yeah, you got that right. They could have taken it to us, and I think we got out of there just a 35 to nothing loss, and yeah, it could have been. It could have been out of hand. I do remember. I always, I'll never forget. Um, I was young too. I think I was 21 when you hired me. And uh, uh, there was a dad in the stands on our sideline yelling. And obviously it was late in the game. We're just getting subs in, you know, getting the seniors out, doing that whole thing. Right. Like, you know, giving them their ovation and, a dad stood up and they were playing off coverage, you know, probably 10 yards. And the dad is like, if you throw him the ball, it's a first down every time. And I just remember turning around and being like, yeah, if they don't move, you know, <laughs> like if they just stand there, you're right. We will, we will get a first down every time. It just cracks me up. Uh, I just got, you know, I think about all the time and 
so happy to have, and that's probably the the biggest adage I have to the staff I'm on now is that I was able to coach in, in rural small town America in an extremely small school. And you just played the guys you had, it didn't matter, right? Like it, most guys were going both ways and you had to figure it out. And then to be here in Arizona, there's just obviously a ton of differences and it's a five, a school, right? So it's, it's one of the bigger spots, but we, this week, they're a uh, chaparral in Scottsdale. Their starting quarterback transferred to their in-city rival. So he is no longer at chaparral. He's now at Suaro transferred in the middle of the season because the dad was upset of how the booster club was running something, which is total BS. And somebody put out a tweet the, uh, last night. It was like, man, uh small town ball is so much simpler. And it sure is. And then this morning I woke up to tweets from fans. Uh, that's no joke. I'll send it to you. Um, the head coach and I got tweeted from a fan um, about our performance last night. And it, I just laughed and I was like, you know, back in rural America, the dads would just go up to the bar and talk shit about you and you'd hear it through so-and-so. And now down here in the big city, they tweet at you. So it's quite the difference, but I, I'm so forever grateful for that opportunity and to bring that perspective to my staff, especially I think, you know, this is new to them where we lost a ton of guys last year and we only had three returning starters on offense and two on defense. And, um, one of them tore his ACL last week. So now we're down to one guy and it's, uh, you know, we got guys going both ways. And to me, that's nothing new. Right. But to them, right. it's like, what are we, what are we doing? Right. But so it, um, I don't know. It's just a crazy perspective change and I'm glad I have it, but what was, uh, Going through all that, that first year, uh, you said like most of the families were good. Was there ever any backlash on playing time on anybody? Did anybody get real upset with you that first year? I do agree with you. I feel like it was pretty calm and, and probably calmer than I thought it was. But was there anything behind the scenes where anybody kind of got on you? You know, I can't recall anything major. You know, you you always hear even even without merging with another school and going into a new co-op you always got a little backlash of you know somebody should be playing more than somebody else even in the small schools where you know it's kind of hard because once we get past this kid there's nobody left um you know nobody thought that once once billy's out that there's i don't have another defensive end that can play right yeah whatever position but um you know, I was trying to kind of go back in my mind on that and, and thinking about, you know, obviously one of your big positions is, is who's going to be the quarterback. Yeah. We kind of went through, we kind of had a big conversion that year on our, on our quarterback. We, we intended to start with, with Dylan and, and, um, you know, which wasn't a bad choice, but then he kind of got through through some injuries and stuff. We had to move some guys around. I think it was over at uh, over at Brewster. Yeah, when we had to do that, and ended up with uh, you know Chandler in there, yeah. and Chandler did a great. So you know, I, I don't think it was too bad, really. I mean, it. it uh, and if it and if it was, I wasn't picking up on it. You know, like I say, a lot of a lot of that stuff, I just knew it was coming with the territory, and I just 
had to focus on what was really right for the team and not worry too much about that stuff on the outside. But right, it's I, I'm sure there was some stuff we didn't hear. Oh, I'm I guarantee there was, but that's what makes it wild. I do remember. I kind of thought, boy, that first year we were really. I think there was a lot of excitement around it. And that's the hardest thing I think is people expect overnight results all the time. And I think if that same tone of excitement would have been carried from year one to where they're at now, it would be a totally different co-op and the program would be different. But I, I mean, we had a JV team that first year we had a junior high team. I mean, we had the numbers and everything was there and everybody at both schools was bought in on how truly this is going to be so good for us. And then the next year, I think we just had such a, a senior heavy class from Grenada, where a lot of the guys were starting were from Grenada, which is it just how it worked out. And I remember at one point in my my tenure as head coach, you know, I had to go to the meeting and I could remember all the kids we had uh, of senior classes. And it really, at the end of the day, I think when I took it, I, I wonder if I still have that note, I'll try to pull it up. But it came out to be that there was actually one more Truman kid than Grenada. But just that one year, there was a bunch of, you know, GHEC kids. And that year we had a ton of on the field success. Yeah, here it is right here. I just found it. There's two more Grenada kids. So from the class of 2013, that first year, and then all the way down to 2021. So the last year I was there, we had 24 seniors from Truman and 26 seniors from Grenada. So, I mean, it really, I took that when obviously they started rumbling about wanting to tear down the co-op again and just like, Hey, it, it really shakes itself out. You know, one year you might have a bunch of Truman kids and the next year you have Grenada kids and then it'll be even. It just, it's just how it works. But that second year, we had a ton of success, but I think that probably was the most mentally taxing year on all of us. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's that that's it's crazy to say, but it, it, it wasn't always fun to win that year. Right. And uh yeah, that, that that's really interesting that you kept that statistic because that is so true. When you, you know, and that's what people don't see. That's what parents don't see that are focused on what's going on with their kid or whatever in the program that year, or their two or three years that they're involved with it. They, they don't see that whole picture of how, down through history. It really is even. Right. And it's that small school, no matter where you go in this country. Mm -hmm. Anytime you have a, a co-op or even if you don't have a co-op, that's small school, junior, senior, freshman, heavy, you know, that's right. the, and, and that's, you know, coaches on, and that, on, on that level, um, it's one of your biggest headaches. Oh yeah, for sure. It, you know, it, it, it is. And I've been through where like, like that year, you know, we were senior heavy and I've been where I have one senior, um, you know, and maybe three juniors and the rest of us are coming, you know, up through the ranks and it's, it's tough. A hundred percent. Yeah. The first year I was head coach, we got, uh, Bailey may back out here. I can tell you, I think I had, let's see, 
you know, we had Bailey May back out, and then Mitchell Chef was a senior. Garrett Belcom was a senior, but he played one or two games and got hurt. And then we had a new kid, Chris Fortbrook, who came in. Okay. So I had yep. essentially two seniors on that team, right? And then at, at one point, um, we had – I don't know that we played any fre- – well, we definitely had to have played some freshmen, but it was all juniors and sophomores. That's just mm-hmm. tough. That's tough to win games. You're not you're not gonna compete. And then your hope is like, okay, we just keep building for two or three years down the road and have some success. But that year that we were senior heavy, um that was I mean, we'll just start. I just want to go through it because that was like, boy, that was a fun ride. Um, it was a mentally taxing ride, and I'll never forget. Forget obviously the last game of the season or or another one up in Janesville, but um, what that so we went on the road. I think we might have we might have started week one with a win. Uh, no, we lost. We were up at Westbrook that year. Yeah, lost again. We started zero and one. Yeah, uh, and then we came back and we played here on Lake Brewster and we took it to them like we should have. Uh, the mm-hmm. year before, I think we won that one big, like maybe fifty-five rip or sixty rip. Yeah, it was it was big. We their quarterback really, went down the first play of the game. Yeah. I remember, and but that was it. If if you remember as well as I do, that was an ugly win. Oh yeah, no, we did a lot of things wrong. That was that was literally where you're just more talented than another team, and you can make the mistakes. And they were in the same boat, you know, that we we're talking about. They had a bunch of young kids. And yeah. so you're, you're playing all seniors. It's not fun. Um, and then I think week three was the Medelia game. And I think for all of us, that was kind of when we really felt the changing of the guard because yeah. Medelia really took it to us the year before. Uh, yeah. That's the big rival. <clears throat> now we play for the traveling trophy and we knocked them off. Um, it was a close game, hard fought game, but I just remember DN, we just hit their quarterback nonstop. Oh, yeah. I mean, I that remember was, that was early social media days or Twitter days. And I remember the kids showing us on Monday, he sent a tweet out that said, I don't think I'm welcome back in Truman anymore. <laughs> and it was like, well, that's what we wanted, you know, but um, what was that? What was that one? Like, had you, had you beat Medelia before in Grenada? Uh, I'm trying to think because no, I don't think we we did we didn't no we didn't we beat um, we beat Medelia up there uh, at, at their place, but we didn't beat them. The I remember Medelia coming in the first year that they split off. You know they were Medelia Truman, and then they split right. up and both went nine man. When we had Medelia at our place, and they had like. Uh, Oh, they only had like six or 17 guys. And I'm thinking, well, you know, that's, that's, that was when I first saw one of the shallowest rosters I'd ever seen and, and not, not scouting a roster or anything, but you think, well, that's going to be tough for them. Well, they took it to us that night. And, uh, then the next year, I remember we went up to, uh, we went up to, uh, Medelia and, and kind of evened up the score a little bit on that. So, but you know, that game that year with, with that, that you're talking about, that was probably one of the most physical, uh, 
games that I had coached yeah. was a tough game. I mean, both sides played hard. There was a lot of, you know, that, that was pretty good rival game right there. That, mm-hmm. that was, it, it was tough. And I think, uh, I think we ended up, uh, I know we were down to running back that game yet. We hadn't got uh, our guy back that got hurt in the Westbrook game. But I do remember the opening kickoff, uh, Josh Johansson housed that. And yeah. I think that set the momentum and the tone for us for the whole game. I don't think we were going to lose that game no matter what, because no. that was just like, boom, they shot that out of the gate. And the guys just knew that we got to play hard. And and we did. We pressured their quarterback. Our DNs were paying attention to what we were coaching them up that night. And they, they did exactly what we asked them to do. And it, it was, it was fun. Yeah, no, it was, it was a ton of fun. That, that was a, yeah, just to get that trophy. I mean, just to win the rival game, right. And then be physical and set the tone and trying to build the co-op up. I, I just felt like that was a blast of a night and the season kind of rallied some up and downs. Um, I'll never forget the Janesville game for multiple reasons. Yeah. It just kind of also felt like that was maybe like when the wheels were falling off a little bit. Like I remember, um, you know, if he listens, I'm sorry, Logan, but it's a memory. I remember where he wasn't going to play because he didn't, he have, didn't his have his gloves. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> and then I think Michael was a sophomore and I was like, all right, well, Michael's getting his first start at center tonight. Then that's fine. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I just, it was just like, what are we doing? You know? And, and there's times where you go through as a coach and I think expect like, you know, you try to be, I don't know that progressive is the right word, but you try to grow with the kids and understand like their, the mindset is different from when you played and, and right. The culture is always different. And, but that moment right there, I'm like, what in the hell are we doing? Like our starting center in DN just told me he's not going to play if he doesn't have his gloves and they were on the bus. And then his mom was getting on her bus to find him, and just was a wild night. And I mean, that was another hard fought game. Those guys were going up to, I mean, they had a full roster. They were yep. going to 11, man. They still are 11. They built all those new complexes up there in Janesville. And they just had a massive influx of people. But they, I mean, they beat us. But I'm pretty sure we lost that game 18 to 6. It wasn't yeah. like they beat the brakes off us. Yeah, so it was 18 to 6 or 18 to 12. Yeah, Maybe something like that. We did on that last drive I remember that we were we were so close all night long and it's just like we just beat ourselves we couldn't finish anything we we were I don't know we just didn't show up and and do what we needed to do that was uh, probably a biggest surprise of the of the season and and like you say they were they were ready for us I'd like to go back and relive that one again knowing what we know now, but you right. know, that that's never going to happen. But I, I don't think they, I don't think they beat us any more than once out of three times in all reality, oh, but yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that was a tough, that was a tough, <laughs> uh, tough loss. And that, that set the big end of the season seating controversy up for with Medelia. I remember that because we still ended up scratching out the two seed because we had beat Medelia earlier in the season and yeah. they were, 
they were really, uh, really wound up on that. Yeah. So would we end up that year? We end up six and two or five, five and three. three, five and three. Yeah. Who else did we lose to? Um, Nicollet at home. Nicollet at home. That was that screwing game. Uh, we, we they uh, called it because the lightning. Yeah, we were ahead or we were behind thirty to six at just into the second half. I think it was. Yeah, and we weren't we weren't going to come back against them that night. No, because the week before that was the Alden game where we played mm. the first half on Friday night, and then we came back Saturday morning and played the second half. Right? Yeah, and and. <laughs> Yeah, and that was not our finest hour either. Um, no. I think we just got out of that with a what was a twenty-one, it was twenty-one seven game. Yeah, it was closer than it should have been for sure. But that's still one that I forget about it from time to time. And then obviously, like right now, where it just pops in my brain, like it was homecoming. There was so for some context here for people listening. There was yeah. obviously a lightning, thunderstorm, lightning coming through, and it didn't look like it was going to let up. And Alden is hour 15, maybe away from Grenada, just a shot down to the east on I-90. And yeah. it was – there's a lot of added hands in this pot because it was homecoming, and the school had already paid for, like, the DJ. And so they're yeah. like, well, we can't, we can't have you guys out here playing past whatever, you know, 9 yeah. o'clock. So Alden's head coach out of kind of nowhere, he's like, well, we'd come back in the morning. And obviously we didn't care because we're at home. Yeah. So he's like, we'll come back in the morning. And we're like, oh, okay. Um, so they did. I remember we had a, you know, a, a you know, an 18 hour halftime essentially. And uh, yeah. we, we watched some film and they came back and we kicked off again at like 10 or 11 in the morning and wrapped up the second half and, uh, yeah, it was we the weirdest out. thing. I mean, you go through a whole pregame again to play 24 minutes. I, I don't know. I've never been a part of anything like that. Um, just kind of yeah. weird. I don't know. Just weird. The whole the whole setting of it. I've, I've never even I've <laughs> never heard of that before, you know, and then or seen any continuance. And I think I remember their coach saying, well, you know, if we were down 24 to nothing or something, I'd say we just call it. But then they were close and, and, and I understood his reasoning. I was pretty sure in my own mind, he wasn't going to come out of it with a victory, no matter what, because we were somehow going to have to get the train back on the tracks. Right. But uh, um, it was a struggle the next morning. I know that. And, you know, obviously I'm sure he was probably thinking, Hey, these kids are all going to the homecoming dance tonight and they're going to have a good time and stay out late. We're going to come back in tomorrow morning and catch him by surprise and rock them. And right. uh, he wasn't too far off on that. No. It, it was way closer than it should have been. And if you remember, which I, I know you do, you remember uh, we had them round one in the playoffs and that's they the most point we've ever scored in the history. And, uh, it was like, yeah, this is what it should have been the other night. And yeah, we had what, to, what would that what that playoff game end up being? Seventy something rip, yeah, it was sixty five or seventy rip. It was one of our highest scoring games ever. And I remember that night. It was just like the we ran the ball uh, pretty much all night, if I remember. And and I just remember that 
that was one night. It's like it almost looked like they were missing two players out there. The holes were so big. Yeah. And it it was really, you know, that was one mm-hmm. thing that some of those weird things that just stick in your mind forever. But yeah, and I was I, I do remember thinking, excuse me, after that game that I was like, why couldn't have this been in the regular season? We didn't have to go through that. But right. not just one of those memories. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then that did set the stage. Um, getting Medelia at home again, this time in Grenada. Um, yeah. Another game, I think, you know, boys were juiced up. Um, but we came out super flat in the first half. And um, I remember <clears throat> the year before Bardo kind of took over on that halftime speech against Randolph and we came back and it was a different voice. And then that year <clears throat> I remember walking, I was like, coach, I got him. And I just kind of lost it on him, but it was a, just a different voice, you know? And I think sometimes that's so beneficial where it's just somebody else saying the same thing, but it's just somebody else. And then yes. all of a sudden, all of a sudden it was like, Oh yep, We woke up and I think we we're down 30 to six, if I remember right, at half. And we stormed back and we tied the game. Yeah. Um, we we're tied 30 30. And uh, then they had the ball with less than a minute and a half left in the game. Uh, maybe it was even less than that. But I remember we got them into fourth down. They essentially ran four verts. We were straight. By two. Okay, was, sure. I think I think it was thirty. Uh, it, it was it was uh, thirty to twenty eight. Okay, sure, sure. And so, but yeah, they ran four verts three straight times. We knew it was coming on fourth and whatever. I think it was even fourth and twenty. I think they had a holding call on one of those, and yeah. um, it was. Yeah, I um, I know in the regular season, Lucas Madej jumped the same route for an interception to end the game. And fortunately, Lucas tried to jump the route again this time and different result. They made the play. That was also that uh, Jake Den kid who ended up yeah. being a D2 stud. Um, I mean, yeah. he's a heck of a football player. <clears throat> a yeah. lot bigger than Lucas and just made the play. I think he kind of just took the ball from him and then went in and scored. And we got the kickoff back with like, I, I think we had like 40 seconds, but then as we always call them, the deadheads of that senior class, they just decided they were going to pull out the music city miracle with 40 seconds left on a squib kick. And then we ended up losing not only 30 seconds, but about 40 yards. Well, yeah, and, and and I remember I was thinking about that. I think I think this is how it goes. And correct me if I, if, if maybe I thought we had a minute forty. There was a little over a minute, but we had yeah. one time out. Yes, we had one time out, and uh, you know we had a return that started on about the. 40-45 or where we ended up and about that time Razzle Dazzle kicked in Yeah, which I have a little story on that one after this but uh, through the course of burning 20 some seconds off the clock and losing a bunch of yards uh, it, it kind of foiled the plan and and you know we had a timeout we could we were moving the ball obviously right. we were 
football. And not saying we would have won, but we'd had a hell of a lot better chance at that at that point. Um, had that not gone down that way, but that's you know that's history. But it was kind of funny uh, getting. There was a little, I don't know, a little deja vu, if you want to call it, but it wasn't on us. It was uh, the last week's game with Nicollet and the Jags, and the Jags were up, and uh, they had a late drive. Time's really running out. Uh, they had a late drive, and they've got a kid that that's able to kick some PATs. Well, they got close, and I think they were on the 17 and decided, hey, you know, they had the ball game. The kid wanted to kick a field goal. Holy crap. Kicks a field goal, hits a crossbar, bounces in. We got three points. Unbelievable. Well, I don't know anybody thought that was going to happen, so we kick off. They kick off. We kicked off. They started the return. Here comes the razzle-dazzle. Bam, bam. And the ball's bouncing around. The next thing you know, it was right in front of us. We're standing there because I was on the chain gang. And uh, we're, it was right in front of us. The ball squirts up about six, seven feet in the air. One of the kids knocked it out. Our, our tallest receiver grabs it and bought a 30-yard return for a touchdown. Really? And I'm looking at that and I go, I said to the guy standing next to me with the down marker, I said, that's exactly why that play never works in the history of football to win a game. And I said, here, it wasn't going to matter. But I said, that's why you don't do that. Yep. And I've got a memory that goes along with that. Yeah, no, it's true. There's so many things and it's just, oh, there's so many things just in the game of football. Uh, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, like we played, uh, we played Horizon Scottsdale the top 10 ranked team in the state and they took it to us. They got, uh, they got eight, eight or nine kids holding D one offers right now. <clears throat> and so, you know, that was kind of the message of the guys. It's like, Hey, you know, the only time you get to play eight or nine D one guys is actually when you're playing D one football. So this is making mm-hmm. us better. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> so they, uh, but they, we were, they were up, you know, I think it was like 42 rip at halftime. And, uh, we had just got a first down and time was slipping away in the second quarter. And I was like, all right, let's just go to half. And I guess parent, you know, parents and fans and people were like, yeah, take a shot. And I was like, for what to throw a pick six so we can be down 49 <laughs> at halftime. Like, yeah. Hey, we just got our first positive of the night, a first down. Uh, let's go build off that. Let's see if we can do anything, but just yeah. so funny how, People who don't necessarily spend all the time, you know, it's like they see it one time or it's like, why don't you do that? And it's like, well, one, you got to have the guys to be able to do that. And then two, that is a one out of a billion result. So uh, lightning doesn't strike twice, you know, and and I'll never know why and we'll never get a clear answer. We could have a reunion with that team and there is not one of them that would own up to saying I was the one who told us we should do that because 10,000% that didn't come from the sideline. I'll tell you that much. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I'll yeah. never forget it. Cause I'm pretty sure they squibbed it like right to Shumsky on the first line. So he gets it. The closest guy is probably seven yards. I'm like, yeah. Dude, you're a huge human. I mean, Ryan Shumsky's six, oh, four, yeah. four, six, five. I mean, just go straight. 
try, yep. maybe break a tackle, see what happens. You yeah. know, it's like he more likely would have had a better chance. <laughs> yeah, it just yeah, it is. It's just wild. It's funny to funny to look back and think on it. And it was a tough way to end the season, uh, but also extremely fitting. Um, you know, you fight back with everything you have and, and you come up a little short and, and have the razzle dazzle. And, but that was just such a good setting too. Saturday games are, they're just so special in Minnesota too. You know, you make it to the second round of playoffs and in Minnesota and, um, you know, you get to play on that Saturday afternoon yep. and it's all, it's all, you know, fall. So by the end of the game, you know, you usually start at noon or two, so by yeah. four or five, the sun is starting to set. And it's just a it's just a perfect fall setting in, in rural America. And there's just nothing better than that picturesque Saturday game. There's always a little crisp. It's never too cold. I don't know. It's just perfect. And um, when you get to experience those, obviously, you're the top half of the state, you know. So there's just a lot of pros that come from it. But yeah, it's it's a fun. It's just a fun. It's a fun time. I think a lot of kids. I think oh, at least probably when you look back, that's the one game that you enjoy the most because that's the closest atmosphere to a lot of guys getting to play college football Saturday afternoon. Um, yeah, just a perfect perfect setting. So oh, yeah, it, exactly. I mean that that is, and like you said that. And I think I actually, I think I, I had said that in that game. I remember a lot about that, but when, when we were getting ready and I said, you know, th this is, this is the next level guys. This is what it's like or yeah. what it's going to be like if you go somewhere and this, this is very special, but, it, and it is, and that's, you know, as, as football coaches, you know, you, you like, I always, I, I, I never minded practice. I, I liked practice because that was our time to, to write the ship. If we had troubles the week before or to put in the new stuff, I, I really did not like that first three week grind right. um, coming up, getting ready, you know, and, and, and that, but once you got into game weeks, um, practice wasn't bad, but Friday night, you know, I think that's, that's, you know, obviously it's game night. That's why you do it, but it, it's electric. It's, it's nuts. And if, if you've never experienced that as a coach, you don't know really what that's like. And, you know, players did, but coaches, it, it's special. And, it and that's the one thing that, you know, I've been fortunate enough. I, I, I've been, uh, you know, Bart and I have been doing some reffing with uh, the junior high and the junior varsity and uh, I got lucky enough to just tag along on the chain gang for the last few years. And so I'm, I'm still able to be on the sidelines on Friday night, which is, which is fun. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. You have to separate yourself. Well, what, what are they doing that for? You know, I wouldn't do that. Well, I'm holding the stick now and I'm not over there coaching. Right. So, but it is, it's, it's special. Game night is, is unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It is a, it's just a different feeling. I think, you know, like you said, as a player, you get it and then you don't really get it again until you start coaching. And there is just certain moments in life where you get that feeling. And it's just, you know, essentially the feeling is just nerves and excitement and kind of everything coming together. And, um, you know, it's kind of weird because the games you don't get that feeling for, 
games that don't turn out too hot for you. And yep. you know it too. And there's, especially yep. as a coach now, there's times where it's like, I'm just not getting that feeling, you know? And it's like, it's kind of just like your internal being just saying, Hey, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be there tonight. And there's nothing you can do, but it's just one of those things. That's just a, it's intuition, I guess. And you just start to learn it and you're like, boy, tonight's not going to be, not going to be for us. And it's just kind of crazy. So um, the next year after that, we kind of, we fell off a little bit, a lot of it. We had no seniors. We had Mort and Tristan Madej came out. Uh, Both of them, I think might've been their first year playing football. Um, Maybe Mort played the year before a little bit for us, but no seniors, tough spot to be or first year seniors. So call them no seniors. And we, we lost, we lost them all and uh, not fun. Um, I do remember uh, we went up to Nicollet for the playoff game and they were very good again, um, like always. Uh, And actually I was going to, my dad had booked a trip to Vegas and I was leaving like two days after that game. You know what it is, right? Like it's like, well, we're new and then I'd never been more nervous that we were going to start winning games just because <laughs> I had something going on. Right. But it was just oh. like, Oh my gosh. But nope. Uh, Nicollet did to us what we thought would happen. Uh, I think we ended up losing that one 60 some to six or 12. Maybe we got in a couple times, but uh, <laughs> we did have a big run on the first. We put in a little QB read with uh, with Josh there and they definitely didn't see it coming and um, picked up, you know, about 55 yards on that opening drive on the first play of the game. And thought, boy, we could spark. And I think there was probably a little bit in us because that first year we were the Jags. We went up there when they were number one or two in state and we were up six, nothing all night. And then ended up losing the game eight to six. Yeah. That was a crazy, I I remember, uh, Oh, we threw that. We scored on that, uh, tight end route in the end zone. Uh, Yeah. Smith, uh, Jeremy Smith got that pass. That was a, I, I still see that play looking down the sidelines. So, uh, man, he, he hauled that thing in and, and that was uh that was a fun night and, you know, battle. yeah, exactly. And then the, but, the next year, which was your last year, uh, Michael's senior year, yep. um, the most up and down year I've ever had, I think as a coach, I mean, some of the highest highs and the lowest of lows. And we got, you know, injuries piled up, but we did a lot of, of good things and fun things. And um, remember beating Westbrook on senior night. Yeah. Uh, that was a big win for us. Um, you know, and then like just there was games like Edgerton took it to us and Medelia took it to us, but then we went up and put a beating on Nicollet. And it was just kind of like, I don't know, just a roller coaster year. Um, but what was that year like for you? I mean, everybody kind of thought that it was going to be your last one because go out with Michael and do all those things. But did you truly know before the season, or did you did you kind of make your mind up at the end of the year there? Well, yeah, you know, and I had kind of talked about it, and and we had, you know, I had talked with my wife Sharon that in the in the summer when we'd go on walks and I kind of mentioned that I think this might be my last year and 
you know, it, for, for multiple reasons. I mean, I, I, I really didn't want to give up coaching, but we had changes in the family. Kids are leaving, last kids leaving, going to college. You got kids all over the place and, and doing things. And, and uh, we had a wedding coming up and, and things like that. So that kind of weighed on things. But then I thought, well, you know, I'll get into the season and see how it's going. And, and really that was a, that was an enjoyable season, though. Hey, we had the win. Thing. I think we were four and four that year. Yep. And, uh, but it was bittersweet the whole time. And and as, as the season went on, it's like, yeah, maybe this is probably time to, for me to just to turn it over. And, and, you know, I had a lot of young guys underneath me. You guys were all, heck, we had, what, there was a 20 – 20 some year span in, in ages between the coaches. Yeah. And, uh, it was kind of like, you know, I wasn't like an old 70 year old man, but it takes a lot of energy. It does. And, and commitment. And, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, if I, if I can't put 110% into this all the time, because I was, that was just my belief. I mean, that's how, I knew it had to be, you got to be all in all the time. Even when, you know, we all know as coaches, there's nights you don't want to be there. 100%. You walk out of the practice field and you're like, man, I can think of about 3 million things I'd rather be doing tonight. And, but this is what I got to do. This is where I have right. to be. These, this is my team. These are my guys. And, and no matter what, if I'm out here on one leg, I'm going to be here. Right. Cause this, what we do and I'm all in, but yeah, that year was, it, it was, uh, I went, I'm not going to lie. I went back and forth a couple times on it and, and I thought, you know, and I just came up to the end and I was, I was kind of uh, what do you want to say? A piece with my decision. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt like, you know, we, we ended up 500, um, we went into the playoffs, beat to crap. Uh, Josh was hurting. Yeah. Uh, we'd lost our, our, well, he couldn't punt, um, just several things in the game. And we were going over to Edgerton. They were five. We were, or we were five. They were four seed. Yep. And, uh, we're going over there and we, we knew that that that's always tough sledding. They're, they're just a good team and it was going to be physical. And we ended up getting beat up, uh, through it because we were just at that end of the season where things the guys were guys were getting uh getting beat up and we were losing personnel and and it just didn't turn out you know at all the way we wanted it but i just knew at the end of that i, I still i thought you know i'm leaving the team in a good place yeah uh, we're, we're established as a co-op um everybody's getting along everything's good we got guys coming out and I got young guys here that, uh, and I didn't know either. None of us knew what was going to happen as far as as uh, the coaching staff the next year. I knew you were going to go for it. I expected that. And uh, but you never know because as coaches we don't get to do the hiring. We're just there. But right, yeah. I I went back and forth, but I felt like when when I was done, I, it was you know it was time. And, and I remember coming back to, to practice, uh, one night, just watching, 
what you were doing and stuff. And I, you know, and I thought, well, you know, I think I'm going to, and you were gracious enough to allow me on the sidelines at game night. And I, I think I came to a couple games and, um, I had to bite, you know, as a coach and you, you know what it is. And, and we all do. I had to bite my lip a few times. And then I said, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that probably did that when I started coaching and, and it's not my deal. And, and I would trust, in the predecessors to, to take it on and, and you did a good job. And, uh, so yeah, I, I was good with it where, where I was. And I've thought a couple of times, what if it ever came up again? And I, it didn't take long to just say, nah, you know, I don't have the energy for it. Right. No, yeah. I, I put you to use, fix the, fix this helmet guy a couple of times. I appreciate yeah. that. And, um, you know, is a hundred percent. You know, you always had a spot on the sideline as long as I was there. Like I said, you know, you gave me my start and um means a ton. Yeah, we did some terrible things and we did some great things that first year. You beat Nick Lip for my first win, and then the shocker of all shocks was beating Medelia that night. And um, yeah. it just uh, you know, is a lot of fun memories that that'll have forever. Right. And someday that's all you got is memories and um, you hope they're good ones. So I'm always forever thankful of, of my time there and being a part of it really from the start to, to where it's at. And, you know, whatever it comes out to be, it comes out to be, I know there's some rumblings, people upset about the co-op now, just talking to some people and I, ho I hope they get past that. And that's why I enjoy having, you know, you and brew. And like when I had Bardo on, it's like, you know, we were kind of the four guys. I know like Whitman was there and, and Romer was yep. there for a year, but it's like we were the four guys that were kind of like all in on this thing. And we put a lot of time in, in building that together. And I always think of, you know, the, the founders of, of the co-op, if you had to put four faces on it, it was us. And then it, it, turned, in, it turned into to basketball and baseball. And now it's everything, girls sports, boys sports, you know? And so, um, we did a lot of good things there and not looking for a pat on the back from anybody, but it just means a little more, I think to us and a, a little frustrating to hear that people are trying to change it all overnight and don't really truly understand all the hard work that we put in to get a cohesive unit and get two communities to buy in and all those things. So. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. You know, um, I've heard the same thing that you're hearing. And, and, uh, did, did you get the picture from Bardo on, uh, the night we beat Medellin got yeah. the trophy? That's, all of us? that's actually the picture I have. So when you call me, Bart calls me or brew calls me, that's just the picture. So I have that one up for all, all of you guys. So that's a and good that, one. And that's a fun memory, right? To hang on well, to forever. Yeah, and that that's it. And like you say, you know, th this co-op was formed in the bar in Medelia at the at the section meeting, and uh, it, it's it's taken a lot of ups and downs. But the I think that the re people are after it for the wrong agenda, right? And no one's looking at it for what's better. And and like we talked earlier about the number of seniors each in the total scope of things overall, the history of the co-op, uh, you know, we, they still need each other. And yeah. it's not about, it's not about the fact that you got more kids that coming out from Grenada than you do have Truman. 
or vice versa, because it's going to have that balance. It's going to change. And you can't, you're going to tear it apart for all the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And I I just, you know, the kids, the kids got to know that, that, Hey, we need our, we need our guys up North and they need the guys from the South and we got to get together so we can put a good football team on the field and have fun because it's about playing a game. And that's what you realize. This is a game, right? And not turn it into something else. Right. And that's ultimately what happens because, you know, even, even when, uh, you and I went to school and we all knew our rivalries and we all knew had some of that exposure. Look at it from our perspective. Now, what does it mean? Very little. Right. hundred percent. Memories are there, but that, that controversy, it's, it's, it's a waste of time. It's a, it's an empty agenda for the most part. And I, I hope that they just, don't go anywhere with any of that. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I hope so too. I truly think, um, you know, like I said, even though I've moved on, it's always going to be a, a, a extremely special place in my heart, no matter what happens for me or what the game of football ends up bringing me. It's, it's a play, you know, outside of coaching fifth grade football for a year, it's, it's the place where I truly got my start. And, you know, it's first place I was a offensive coordinator and first place I was a head coach. And it's just, you know, it's always going to be special to me and it's a part of me. And um, I would just truly feel like if, if they, if they decide to split it up, that those schools are going to die because there's not going to be enough people for sports. That's just, how it is. I mean, you got to look at it and then sports are going to be bad and then people aren't going to come out and people will start going to Fairmont or start going to Martin County West, whatever it is, or Blue Earth. And then you'll just see the schools die. And it's, it's the, the pride's got to be put aside. And I know I saw it one time and, you know, I think that was the, that, you know, part of us being the four, you know, you brought, all of the Grenada, you know, Huntley's chain kind of stuff to the table and brew brought all the Truman Louisville stuff to the table. And then Bart and I were able to sit there with a true outsider's perspective. Like none of that shit mattered to us. Like whatever we thought was the best for us is what we would say. And that's kind of like how it ended up shaking out. And then, you know, I got the head coach job and true uh, Grenada built the new gym and they took away the uh, football equipment room. And I was like, well, we don't have a place to store the stuff. Truman's the whole school. Why don't we just practice up in Truman all the time? And at the time, everybody was like, yeah, that sounds great. You know, that makes sense. Logical sense. That's where everything's stored at. Why don't we do that? And we'll still play the games in Grenada. That's no big deal. We'll come down and play games, but it is what it is. And I, I, I'm with you, coach. I hope, I hope that they can put their pride aside and understand that it is truly what is best for those communities. Otherwise, you know, you lose a school in a community and it goes quick. You don't have a whole lot else. There's nothing. Why would somebody move to your small town anymore? They got to send their kids 15 miles away to go to school. It's just, um, it can go away fast, you know? Yep, exactly. And and you and I know as coaches and, and I think the other coaches of the other sports are going to agree with us that um, if they split, they're not going to survive competitive. Mm-hmm. You right. know, there, there's more to a school than sports, but sports is a big thing. And that's what we're talking about. And generally, 
uh, nobody gets into an argument because there's more kids from one school and the other in math class. Correct. So uh, we're talking about the activities or there's more kids on the band or whatever it is, you know, and, and it boils down to sports and um, sports are essential. Kids need it. It teaches a lot of lessons and it's a lot of fun. And um, it's just something that they, they just don't even need to go down that road because it won't be good. And sooner or later, it's going to affect them in a bad way. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. And I hope I hope we never see it. And I hope I hope when I you know, like I had the same kind of talk with Brew as I'm having with you. And I hope these conversations can hit those ears and they can they can put those those uh, that pride away because truthfully, they didn't have to do the dirty work to get it started. They didn't have to build up the rapport and the relationship. And, you know, like, uh, like you said, we got those guys playing together and then they'd have to go play against each other in basketball and baseball. Yeah. And that sucked. And then we'd have to try to get them to be teammates again the next year. So then yeah. once we finally got over that hurdle and talked everybody into being together for everything, that's when we could see the positive changes. And yeah. Yeah, you're 100%, you know, and that's where it was really unique. And a lot of, a lot of, I don't know how a lot of other co-ops started out, but, you know, we were together in football, but they were going at each other in, in uh, basketball and, and I think baseball for a little bit there. But, yeah, that and that's that's unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's tough. And but, uh, yeah, so hopefully I, I'm like you, man, we we put in a lot of work to get it going and and I'd hate to see it uh, go away. I think it'd be a terrible thing for both districts. Um, it, it just, it just needs to not happen. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. Well, as I, as we get to winding down here, I, I enjoy posing this question to coaches that I've had on. So um, who is the best or a couple of the best players you think you had the privilege of coaching? Well, so I got a unique position here because I've got two teams that kind of came out of this. So you got, you got the GHCC ML Mustangs and you got the Jags. So the Jags are fresh. So let's go to the Jags. Um, Boy, you know, physically, one of the the physically players that that was one of the best guys, and uh, you know, you got to look at Demarco Thomas. Yeah, uh, one of those kids. Um, I think probably Broodley uh, uh, attests to that as well. But you know, there's probably. Gosh, as far as the oh man, it, it's hard because there's there's I think there's about four guys that are up on a on that that level of if you say well in the Jags history who are the guys that you remembered some of the most and and you know Josh Johansson was one yeah that it was kind of a, a he was a standout in my book uh, for us. And, um, you know, obviously, and we know the history, but 
you know, one workhorse that a guy that did some amazing things on Friday nights for us was Jared Green running the ball. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we saw a lot of that um, other than the one night when Shoney set the record. Right. Uh, the, you know, crazy night, but for especially for you, but you know, yeah, Josh and, and, and DeMarco uh, trying to look at, there was a lot of guys that were just there evenly. They weren't standouts, but you couldn't do without them. Right. And does that make sense? Oh yeah. So, uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Where are you at? If I'm, okay. I'm, you know, when you think you always leave somebody out that, oh, yeah. that you didn't mean to. And, and you know, obviously, Josh Walter, for a guy who gave everything he had yeah. and was was uh, probably, you know, competitor. Right. Number one competitor. I mean, he I remember him at Edgerton. He couldn't even hardly hold the ball. He wasn't coming out. He didn't want to come out. I didn't want to take him out. Right. Because I meant for him to finish he was done he wasn't going anywhere to play football and right. and that so you know i put him up on the shelf with the rest of them yeah i mean it's so tough because you do have so many guys and i think you know even from like you know my tenure as head coach to your tenure as head coach probably a little different guys i don't disagree with anybody you've said for sure there's just i love posing the question just because not to like pick a clear-cut number one guy but it's just like just to just have a conversation and really truly think back on all the great athletes we've had. Um, yeah, I think Josh and, and Owen Walter will always hold a special spot in my heart. Both those guys were, you know, uh, three, four year starters um, for us. And the thing that I kind of, you know, talked to them about, especially Owen, because I had him was, they were in special situations because they were the top guy in all three programs. So when it came to basketball season, the basketball coach needed them to be the guy. When it came to baseball season, the baseball coach needed them to be the guy. And then, you know, same thing obviously with us. And I think that's, that's probably a heavier weight to carry for a small town high school kid than, than you think, you know, looking Mm -hmm. back on it. Um, a guy that I think doesn't get talked about enough, it would be like Jared Wander for me. Uh, yeah. He was, uh, I mean, for the little bit of time we had with him, I wish, you know, just, you know, wish we could have spent more time with him in the weight room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, he's up yeah. there for me. Um, obviously, like Chandler, Dustin DeBell, Quentin Grier. I mean, the list goes on. There's, I could have a, you know, Kale Jaskolke, the Heckman brothers. Um, there's so many guys. Carter yeah. Spear, the Bennis brothers. Like I said, like there are so many guys that if you just went through, and that's why I love just posing the question because then you truly look back. And like I said at the beginning of the pod, like it's just it's simpler in small town, right? Like we had the guys we had. <laughs> there was no transfers coming in. Right. We weren't worried about that. And they had to wake up early and, and and do their harvest stuff or go work on a hog farm for, for some cash, you know. And like I said, the list keeps going. I mean, for me, like, you know, Michael always hold a special spot to me. Um, Mitchell Chef will always, I mean, 
is shown all those guys. It's just, like I said, the list goes on and on. There isn't, I don't think truly one kid that I could coach. And I just want to keep saying names, you know, Clay, he was a senior and it's just, you'll never stop. And it's like, because they showed up and they did their job, you know, and yep. and they worked hard for us. And, Proviac, you know, right? I mean, yeah, you like goes, exactly. You could, I could pull up that list of all the seniors, and we could sit here and do a whole nother, a whole nother podcast on talking a little yeah. bit about each and every one of them and what they did for us. And um, yeah, yeah CJ Hodge, Jeremy Blakesley, right? Like we could go on and on and on. So, yeah. I have to put put together a hall of fame, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And it's it's just tough, I mean, to leave anybody out and they all did great things for us. And but well, what they, about uh what about if you go to the Mustang days? Well, you go back to the Mustang days, man. There was and that that was, you know, my biggest tenure there to a ten years with those guys and and you can go way back to some names that you know, you might not even, even remember, but, um, I had some guys that came out of Martin Luther. Um, I'm trying to remember, uh, uh, and I can't remember his, I always forget his first name, but we always called him nuts. Cause it was, that's what they called him. Right. But he was a heck of a good player. Uh, we had a Nick Gronwald that was an unbelievable lineman from up there. Um, you know, David Madey. David yeah. was one of my earliest players. Uh, he was uh, he was an offensive guard, defensive end, about as tough as they come. Um, gosh, there, it, the list goes on. We get up. Uh, when I had uh, Tim Gary and, and those boys that, that had the big run in the state basketball championship, that class, yeah, uh, we were six and two that year. That was a fun class. Um, that, that really was a great group. Uh, Taylor Naraki, uh, yeah. Tanner, Naraki, uh, James Dalliger, you know, yeah. had the privilege of coaching all my boys and probably I would say, if you look down and I'm not saying it, um, I think if you ask uh, Clay Emler, because Clay was with me when James was playing in that era, uh, he was probably one of the smartest football players I've ever coached. Um, it was harder because I think he was smarter than his father. So <laughs> hopefully not listening, but he was, he was, he was sharp and, and coaching your kids is tough. It's great. What a privilege some nights, you know, a little quiet at the supper table, but he, he's one of them. Um, you know, like I said, Tim Gary said those guys in, in that group, uh, the teach out boys yeah, were, were studs for us. Ben Carlson, crazy running back. Yeah. Um, Chad Carlson. I mean, it goes on and on. And like you say, you know, I think you get down and you start thinking about this and fun and you start talking about and this this is why coaching is i guess addicting um you start bringing up kids names and you got a memory with all of them right right or wrong you know you know mortensen yeah you know he, he was probably wasn't the best player a very strong kid played his heart out I remember him if he passed. What did we've made that deal with him that if he uh, if he didn't become ineligible, he passed his classes, he could carry the ball. Yeah, and at Nicollet, he scores a touchdown. Yep, 
you know, crazy. Right. And that that's just what it is. That's part of that stuff. So, you know, <laughs> sometimes uh, it wouldn't even be fair to go listen, listen no, to them all. But. No, it wouldn't because you could. I mean, yeah, I just yeah, I just think of, that's funny you bring up Mort. I remember, I think we were up at Randolph and it was raining and somebody told him to put a ball underneath his sweatshirt so it didn't get wet. And he, he literally never took it out the entire game. And it was one of the game balls. And then at the end of the night, he's like, Hey, can I take this ball out from under my sweatshirt now? <laughs> but it's, yeah. you could. I mean, there is there. I mean, I'm sure our coaches have stories like that about us, but it's just like every kid you have a, a self-connected memory with, and it is, it's so good. And that's, that's truly why I love bringing up that, that question is just because it does get you thinking as a coach, oh. and, you know, I made the, the state and like, they were good there but i said uh down here after we played that horizon team and all those guys were going d1 and i said you know all the guys i coached that i thought were good at high school football they were good until this week you know but it's just it's just a different world and we never saw those guys we didn't we didn't coach against d1 guys you know but it's just uh just a crazy thing and i think you know it just also you know people are like oh coaches have favorites and 100 percent those guys that we mentioned they have good, we have good memories, but they all did the right thing, you know? And that's the one thing that I'm extremely proud of, uh, for my entire time with the Jags. We did, we'd have some ineligible kids, obviously grades that happens. Everyone deals with that across the country, yep. Yep. but we didn't have a lot of ineligible kids because of, you know, tobacco violations, drinking violations. We had the one foreign kid that we were more excited about than ever. And he came to two practices and we finally had that foreign exchange student. I think his name was Axel. And I remember seeing that kid punt the football a million yards. And I was like, oh my gosh, we finally got it. And then guess what? He gets a minor and gets deported. (laughs) It's like, oh, so it is what it is. Um, But no, it's, 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 it's fun to just look back and it does bring back the memories and, you know, you get into games and wins happen and losses happen. And that's what I try to tell you, everybody, especially our guys. We're in kind of a rut right now, and um, it is what it is. We're playing good teams, and I'm like, hey, you know, at the end of the day, a win or a loss isn't going to define you as a person, uh, but, you know, it's just how you fight and how you handle stuff. And, you know, like you said, we're building, we're building young men. We're teaching them how to be men through a game, and <clears throat> that's what I'm forever grateful for. And um, no, it's just fun to look back on all those memories. I won't bring up the time we left Randolph and you left the van and drive and jumped out at the, at the truck stop there, but I'll oh, save man. that one <laughs> for the memory bank. Don't eat Casey's pizza before a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'll leave you with that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Well, coach, I appreciate you doing with this with me. Uh, it was an absolute blast to catch up. Um, not to be super sentimental with you, but I hope you take a little bit of pride in the things that I get to do through the game of football, because, uh, wouldn't be here without you giving me a chance. And, uh, I'm forever grateful for that and forever grateful for you. And I love you, man. And I appreciate you. Hey, it's same for me, man. I, I I'm proud of you. You, you, you've moved on and, and you're, you're in a bigger arena now and, and having fun. And, uh, I always said, I said, no matter, no matter how you look at it, your passion for football and, and for the kids is is unmatched, and it's it's 
proven. And uh, the deal here you're doing with the podcast, you know, if you ever fail at, at selling industrial supplies or anything <laughs> like that, you, you got a future. If I saw, if I see on ESPN someday, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised because uh, this is pretty cool and, and it's really fun to listen to. And I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's fun. We'll have to find some time, whether it's uh, to do this, but I think get uh, you, Bart, Brew, and I on a, a four-way call some Saturday night, just just reminisce, I think would be a, a real blast and a treat. So uh yeah, I, I'm in on that. That that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll find time for that this winter. I think that would be fun to line up, but no, I appreciate you a ton and Thanks for all you've done for me and the support and the Friday night texts don't go unnoticed. And I appreciate it. So, uh, but uh, yeah, thank you again for doing this. I'm, I'm glad we were able to connect. Yep. My, me as well. And, and keep on, keep on, keep it on, fight the good fight, man. Yes, sir. I will. Uh, appreciate you all for listening. Please like comment, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Be good, everybody. It's only green and white, but it.